Well, hello everyone. On the right side of 2018, finally, as we trudge along toward the Fox River Racing Club opener. This is the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. My name is Matt Panier. Andy Monday, how are you? Happy Yo, New Year. Happy New Year. It's good, good to, to see you again. again. Dan Strong, how are you? Doing all right. Yourself? Con- congratulations on the new job. Thank you. Getting all fired up to uh, advance your career. Oh, yeah. Looking forward uh, to fin- that, huh? Feels good to finally be in something that is what I'm learning in school. So. Fantastic. Yeah, well, and once you get a career job versus just a hourly paying job it's it's yep. a lot different too i'm yeah. sure feels well, yeah. good well here we are racers party at our new sponsor for the podcast by the way the x bar in downtown kakana uh, i want to thank craig krieger and the gang here for having us on board and good spot to have a podcast and as you can hear in the background uh, a lot of life happening here this evening yeah a lot of racers here already uh tara springstrow jerry conrad i've seen uh jesse burke van burkle uh jesse nedekoven one of the Beatties is here, so I think there'll be more trickling in as the night goes on. And if you've never been here before, um, it's on 3rd Street in Kakana, um, just behind Automotive Supply Company, kind of down in the flats. And um, pretty cool, laid-back place. I mean, it's not uh, not some uh, overcrowded nightclub where you have to wait at the bar to get a drink for 20 minutes. I mean, it's pretty laid-back. Everybody's having a good time, so it's a cool spot. Yeah, and racers signing all the tiles on the ceiling as well. Yeah, if you're a figure eight driver, you get prime space. So, Where we, did you uh, have to sign? I think I'm back in the corner by the beer sign. Okay. Way, way in the corner. But, yeah, Hauser's up here, Jeff Wills. Uh, I think Willie's got one over there. But, yeah, there's probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 uh, signed uh, ceiling tiles by figure eight drivers with their little insignia. And I think we'll have to harass uh, Craig Vander Wettering because – I think he's modified his about 16 times. <laughs> like every time he wins a feature or a championship, there's another insignia added to his. Throw so they numbers keep taking on there, it yeah. down, yeah. I was offered my own spot, but then they handed me a pen and kind of walked me out the door and said, here, <laughs> sign the bricks. So They'll have uh, you sign the black one with a black Sharpie. There we How go. That go. Yeah, I think that's about right. Seems about <laughs> right. So, uh, Well, since we last all got together, we were talking some rumors about who's doing what. And I think that's kind of a good place for us to be tonight with uh, some folks here that could help us clarify their rumors. Uh, but the big thing that we learned about a little earlier on, and it's thanks to Joe Vertigan and what he does for the Fox River Racing Club, is we have quite the crop of super late model rookies this year. Yeah, we got uh, a couple guys moving up from the limited late model class um, with uh, Tim Springstrow and Corey Manders. Obviously, their experience and laps on the half mile is going to help them there. Um, Grant Griesbach coming up from Slinger. He won a feature down there last year. And I want to say fourth or fifth in points. He was also at Kakana last year for the Tundra race and, and didn't look too shabby. Um, and then we also got uh, Dave Satorius, who's coming off of high, a little hiatus. He used to race in the Super Stock Division. Now they're getting back into racing. Obviously, his dad, Tim, um, longtime member of the Fox River Racing Club, used to run in the Sportsman Division on the quarter mile. Uh, lots of fast times, feature wins back in the day when, when he raced. And uh, we also got Alex Seidel, who won a couple features last year after some uh, tech gate in the street stock sure, class, yep. super stock class. But uh, he's moving up. Um, he got a car from the Kempkus team, and uh, he's going to be another one up there. And there might even be another one out there, too. I know Neil Sanis is trying to get a car together. There's some rumblings of some other guys. So I'm thinking, you know, if we got everybody coming back, we're probably looking at a good 26, 28 cars in the yeah, Super Yeah, we had a real strong could. class of rookies last year, and now we just kind of roll right into another year. 
and of course Travis Sauter was our rookie of the year last year. Um, kind of a super rookie, if you will. Not really a driver that I would have considered a rookie, but I think this year we're actually going to see who is the tops among rookies because not a lot of these guys have experience on the half mile as far as super late models are concerned. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you gotta, you almost got to tip the upper hand to Springstrow and Manders who have the laps already on the half sure. mile, um, but you can't count out the other guys either because I'm Dave Satorius there in uh, Brandon Reichenberger's old car. We've seen Brandon run up front. You know, he's had some top fives and features and run well. Um, and Grant Griesbach, you know, he's coming up from yeah. Slinger where he's been really strong down there. And they've got newer equipment and they got fast cars. So um, it should be interesting. Yeah, and I got to watch Grant this year. He came and ran Tundra with us and he was very good at adapting to new tracks. He didn't have a ton of success with us, but everything was brand new to him. And of course, being 16, 17, whatever he is now. Somewhere in that range, yeah. Yeah, it, it takes a little while to get used to these tracks. And look at a guy that was a first-timer this year, John DeAngelis, you know, ended up winning a feature this year and uh, was a pretty strong rookie contender himself. And Chad Butts, too, had a couple of really nice finishes. So I think maybe even a guy from the outside like a Grant Griesbach, maybe a Neil Sanis, someone who's, you know, has a lot of experience in the family with Gordy Sanis. Yep. Could make, if he decides to jump in, that could really make for an interesting class. Yeah, it's really going to add overall just the competitiveness that we've already had in the field. It's going to be even stronger. And when you look at it, if we're going to have 26, 28 cars weekly and only 14 make it on time, we're going to have a semi feature every week and there's going to be good cars in there every week. You know, our team might be in there one week, Lowell might be in there one week. I mean, if you slip up qualifying and you're off a couple tenths from where you normally are, there's no room for that error. So, um, it could v make it very interesting um, as the year plays out. Yeah, so who's going to be coming for your title this year? <laughs> who, are you gonna who isn't? Be, who are you going to be fighting <laughs> off? Yeah, who isn't? No, we were very grateful for how everything went last year and uh, definitely um, had a really good year, but we're not resting on our laurels at all. We're continuing to work in the shop, and um, me and Brad talk about things a lot on my team to develop this year. We know we got to get better because, uh, you know, Maxwell was really good at the end of last year, Kendall. Um, obviously Lowell and um, you look at guys like Straka who got April's old car and um, uh, JVO I mean yep. sounds like they're going to be back I mean they're always a threat to win and win a championship anytime they're there so and that 47 car uh, Dennis Chase may be joining us here to kind of clarify a few things but um, it sounds like Casey Johnson and then when he can't make it Travis Dasso will be behind the wheel and they're going to team drive and try to take that title yeah that's exactly right so Casey Johnson drove for the Chase Motorsports team two years ago they won three championships that year they won the Triple Crown at Madison uh, the Tundra super late model series that uh, Matt's a part of um, and then also the red white and blue at Kakana so um, yeah that's probably one of the top contenders right out of the gate there and um, I tried to get some information out of out of Dennis and Travis leading up to um, this because we knew we were doing the podcast here tonight and it sounds like Casey hasn't really finalized his schedule of races. He's going to be quite a, yet. He's going to be a busy guy because he's going to be really driving busy. with John Beal, and they plan to run both Tundra and the Arca Midwest Tour, along with some other things too. So yeah, so they got to narrow it down and figure out what races Casey can and can't make. Um, the night he's not going to be there, Travis Dassault is going to be in the car. Um, but also talking to Travis separate. The nights he's not in the 47 car, he wants to be there with his own car. Okay. So Travis is almost planning on running the entire season at Kakana, but he might be in the 47 car six, seven times and in the 35 car six, seven times. So we'll just 
have to kind of see how that all plays out. And let's not forget, or maybe you didn't even know, but Travis was Johnny DeAngelis' crew chief this year, so he he kind of knows his way around WIR, even if he hasn't been the one turning the laps. Yeah, and Travis, you know, he hasn't run a ton weekly on, say, Thursday nights, but when he's come for the Tundra shows, he's always been, been a top-five car. Yep. He came for the white race a couple years ago, had fast time um, with, like, a low 19-2. Um, and then I can think even back probably – five six years ago when they still had the regular asa dixie line might even be 10 years ago i mean he was in that race running it too with howie leto as his crew chief so he's no stranger to how to get around kakana so he'll be another strong car when he's here depending on which car he's in on that night yeah it should be a lot of fun this year i'm i'm definitely looking forward to it and uh, you know you get a nice little preview with the tundra race we're gonna run that one on may the 12th as well uh sounds like we're gonna have a pretty good field of cars Super lates from Kakana, super lates from outside of Kakana. And then uh, this year, we're going to try something a little bit different. We're planning on bringing the limited lates in, or as we would call them, limited lates, but the WIR late models awesome. based off of their rules as uh, the backup class along with the sportsman cars. So see three classes out on the half mile this year. So yeah, and that, should, to that. that should be cool because there's going to be a lot of guys. You know, my brother, um, uh, you know, and, and Rodewald and um, Bernhagen that they're going to be itching. They're going to have their cars ready. They're going to yeah. want to get out and run and get a kind of a preseason tune-up before the Thursday starts. So you should have a good car count, I would think, that race. And there's also a lot of guys around the state that normally don't come on Thursday nights because of the travel and everything involved. So do you see a Jeremy Miller come for that or a Nick Nolden or – you we know, talked uh, talked Zellmer. a little bit to uh, well Jake Zelmer is actually moving up to super lates this okay. year. He's going to come run Tundra with us. But uh, talked a little bit to Nick Egan, who uh, raced the Midwest Truck Series. He's moving to a big eight car this year and planning to run mostly big eight, but a little bit of slinger. And said, oh, he would probably come up, and then maybe thought a few of those slinger late models might come up and oh, try it cool. out too. So should be a good time. Hopefully, yeah. it all comes together. Uh, we're looking at doing a pay probably similar to what they do for the red, white, and blue. So it should be right around the same place. And That's May 12th. It'll be May 12th. There. Yeah. It'll be a great show for everyone to come on out and enjoy. Yeah. And are we going to see the new body? That's been the rage that we weren't quite sure the last time we did the podcast. Oh, it is. Was it accepted? Was it Why do you got to go and open up that can of worms no, on I, me? Are we going <laughs> to see some of the new body cars at the Tundra Race? Because I think that would be interesting to see how they compare with the other cars. As we have it in our rule book and as the UMA tracks go, we will be permitting the five-star body as soon as it is ready. Now, the problem is with the hiccups with the ABC committee, five-star actually sort of put the brakes on things. So where they were supposed to start shipping bodies a little earlier, now they have to do it a little bit later. Gotcha. Which might mean bodies may not start showing up until around May, June. Yeah. There's some rumbling. They might not even be out now or ABC approved until the end of the season. So um, five stars listening. If any Tundra drivers listening, fully permitted. Get them out. Uh, we've seen the wind tunnel testing that five stars done. We're very confident in it that the bodies should be pretty much the same there's a little tweak that with the older bodies if you want to flare the nose out a little bit that'll make it equal to the new body but the older body's better in some other areas so is it really all that big of a difference we don't know um to me is it going to be the difference between somebody who finishes 15th winning and somebody winning finishing 15th absolutely not so uh it's just it's the next generation uh we from where i stand when you look at Five Star and all they've done for racing, this is just basically something they're doing just to give racing a facelift because they feel it's time. It's 
not any kind of a huge advantage. Um, you've seen the pricing. You saw the pricing at PRI show. It's right on the money with the current bodies. So, yeah, I think it's, there's a lot of talk about it because there's a lot of unknowns because the racers don't get to see the behind the scenes yeah. wind tunnel sheets and all this stuff. And to be honest with you, even if you showed me the sheet, I wouldn't even know how to interpret it. I need to get an engineer to explain what this probably all means. Exactly. And we went through the same thing in racing uh, back in 2003, I want to say, when, when we went from the 99 Monte Carlo they, yeah. body to the actual ABC body. So there is a changeover period, and now 15 years later, here we are again. And, and do you remember Mike Butts? Oh, yeah. Stuck with that 2000 Monte Carlo body <laughs> for years and years and years. He loved that thing. Because he <laughs> swore by everything holy that that thing was slipperier than the new body. And he kept winning with it. So there you go. Well, if you got Terry Baldry behind yeah, the wheel. I think right. you're going to win anyway. But so. he also had JVO and Ryan Matthews and a couple other guys that were still running yep. that as well. So there you go, guys. If you're afraid that that new body's better, just take a look at history. Yep, absolutely. And the other thing, you know, for some of the people listening to the podcast that maybe aren't involved in the building process of the car and everything, even if, say, Five Star gets the bodies and they're ready to ship them out in May, these bodies aren't something you can just hang on the car over a weekend. I mean, they take some time to get things to fit, and you got to make sure your templates everything. Um, a lot of teams, if you're going to paint them, they put them all together, do all the trimming, fitting, then take it off, paint it, and then put it back on. So we're talking, you know, a couple-week process unless you're going to be out there every day for eight hours or something. Um, so that's not something that's really ideal to do in the middle of a race season if you're running weekly somewhere sure. for points or whatever else. So, um, yeah, you're exactly right. If they're not going to start chipping the bodies till yeah. May or June, it's going to be kind of you're, you're scarce this year. You're but probably going to see the guys, um, and maybe not necessarily anybody here at Kakana, but a guy that maybe like a Lowell Bennett who has a second car, have his car out, and then when that new body comes halfway through the year or whenever. Start skinning that one start up. Start skinning that one up. That's probably the way you're going to see it is just sure. guys that have – two or three cars, and then at some point you'll see a completely new car coming through. You're not going to see Andy Monday one Thursday <laughs> running his normal body, and then the next Thursday show up with a new body. Maybe you will. I don't know. Unless something goes really <laughs> bad, but if you're putting a roof on in the middle of the year, I think you got other problems you yeah, got to work on. So. Yeah. You might have just been in the Arca race then. <laughs> easy, easy. Yeah. <laughs> Tumbling over and sparking at Daytona. Yeah, we just watched the end of that. Uh, we're doing the podcast here Saturday night. That got over, and uh, Cool to see Natalie Decker from Wisconsin, yeah, who's been part of the Midwest Tour and Fantastic Tundra Series. Weekend for her. Um, she had the pole and ended up, after all the wrecks and crashes, uh, with a top-five finish. So, Yeah, I know most of the race I was watching, it seemed to probably had to be very frustrating for her because she was running well, and then she kind of got shuffled back a little bit, and once you get shuffled back, you end up kind of getting in some things that aren't your doing necessarily, and, you know, the fender flared off, and... She, yeah, that, she just kind of proved that all you have to do is just sort of hang in, let things take care of themselves. And Yeah, you're exactly so. right. She was up front, and then they had a pit stop snafu, something with gas in the car, put her back into 20th or whatever, and then a couple guys check up on a restart. Next thing you know, you're in something, and the fender's torn off. But, yeah, persistent, stayed with it, didn't give up, and came over to the top five. So anytime we can see someone from Wisconsin run well, that's uh, that's good for our good sport. Good for her. And on to Nashville next, right? That's their Nashville, next one, April 7th. Nashville Fairgrounds, yep. That'll be a good one. That'll definitely be a good one. Uh, just kind of shifting focus back to our Thursday nights. Um, another, I think, kind of big announcement that came this off season was the three-race set that we're going to have with the sport mods. That's official now. They got a sponsor and everything. So this is going to be a pretty 
pretty big deal here this year. Yeah, they got a sponsor lined up um, for the three race series. They're calling it the Pavement Pounder um, Modified Series. And um, they're going to have a point fund at the year end as well. So they got guaranteed payouts. Um, hopefully to see a good car count like they had this year, I believe. The one race they ran, would we have 16? Yeah, and I have everybody asking like me about that, too. How did you guys do that? What happened? And I said, well, I didn't really have much to do with it. I just showed up and announced. But basically it was, here's the IMCA rulebook. With your IMCA tire, go. You know, it's simple. Don't try to reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah, don't don't buy different tires. Don't do this just because you're on an asphalt. Just bring your car the way you have it and come have fun. That's the whole point of it, so. Yeah, and it, uh, it was a good time. I think it's going to be another good time this year. I think there's a lot more interest. And the nice thing is, is by running Thursday nights, we're not competing with any other tracks, whereas if it was a Friday or a Saturday, because I've had a couple of people ask me, well, why don't you do this with Tundra? And I said, well, if I go somewhere on a Saturday, they're racing at Shawano or they've raced the night before at Luxembourg or they're going to Seymour the next night or, you know, they've got places they can run. They can run at Beaver Dam. But on a Thursday night... Wide open. Options are a, li- yeah, options are a little more limited, right? Absolutely. Um, trying to look up, and we want to make sure we give a shout-out to the sponsor of that series. You yes. recall off the top I want to say Wisconsin Home Builders. That sounds right. I'm going to confirm that real quick. Yeah, we're going to have to well, check through the emails. Winnie Homeowner or Home? Yeah. Winnie Gamey Home Builders, Builders? Asso- Homeowners Association or Home Builders you're Association? The, you're the youngest of the three of us, so your mind <laughs> should be the sharpest. It's. I want to say it's the Winnegame Homeowners Association. I'm going to trust. Something, something close to that. I'm going to trust Dan okay. because, like I said, youngest of the three of us, mind should be And thank you for Joe Vertigan. Obviously, he was involved with the pilot of that and the exhibition race last year um, to get this off the ground. Um, he's also been working hard behind the scenes. I, I see they just had uh, uh, a title sponsor for the Red, White, and Blue Series, yep. too, that he put Ken out a press Sports release on. back on board. Ken Sports back for that, so... Not only do they sponsor Taylor Hofschel, Kyle Kalmus, Ty Majeski when he's here, um, but also for them to kick in and help us out on the Red, White, Blue Series is is great. So if you get a chance, stop out Ken Sports. Real easy to find. They're on JJ and N. Yep. Uh, snowmobiles, ATVs, boats, whatever. Um, even if you're just apparel. I mean, if you need a warm winter jacket, those snowmobile jackets are killer. I mean, that's the way to go. So um, check those guys out for sure. They help. WIR all the time. Yeah, good people. Stop on by and see Jay. And I heard actually Jay was heading down to help out Ty Majeski. Oh, nice. Help him crew a little With, bit uh, down Allie, at the yeah the down area. at Speed Weeks. And uh, I can't blame him. <laughs> I can't blame him at all. I would probably be down there myself right now. But uh, yeah, that'll be fun to watch this week. The Speed Weeks is just kicking off, and uh, Ty just announced that they're going to run nightly, um, like they did last year. So be kind of fun to watch that um i know pete mcveigh's down there as well yeah quite a few guys from around here actually down there uh paulie schaefer's down there he was running pretty well last night i believe Uh, gabe summers super late model rookie you'll see around the area a bit this year Derek Krause is down there after Derek and ty both just raced out in california last week out at kern county good job to both of those guys what was it uh fifth and seventh i want to say fourth and sixth, something like that very solid both of them yeah that's quite a haul out there too and then you have to get a whole bunch of special trucking licenses out in california and things like that and that track's hard to find too (laughs) i tried to just remember racing causes cancer in the state of california uh everything in every catalog yeah Yeah. the second part yep right down Everything causes cancer in California. Even California causes cancer in California. You step across the Did board. you see who you won that race the out there, though, that they're at? Who? There's a black 51 car. 
I guess he he must have weighed enough oh, after the race. Really? He actually so won one up this in the time. media tower. Someone yeah. must have came and grabbed that that obscure he weight got that his fell off back. at the Dixieland. Darn it! He, I'm gonna have to check and see. He passed that in tech. May. Everything was good. So and he okay. wasn't he wasn't tossing out any extra. <laughs> Display you, you didn't units pull an Andy like Monday that? with the uh, dash display there? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Huh. Nothing. No shenanigans. So. Oh, a snowball derby win and a Kern County Speedway, what do they call it, winter showdown? Yeah. And yep. usually it's that snowball derby win where everybody says, okay, we just watched what happened. <laughs> now let's wait two hours and see what happens here. But uh, good on him. Nothing. And, you know, I think a lot of times – when you look at uh, who got disqualified two years ago, was it Eric Jones in the 51 car or was it Christopher Bell? Christopher Bell. And he was 2% heavy on the left or something like that. It was like really close. And uh, they said it was because he did a Polish victory lap and he picked up a bunch of extra rubber. I mean, <laughs> sure, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. but <laughs> That's a stretch, I think. Yeah. But sometimes <laughs> you never know. It's just weird stuff happens like that. Me, me and Dalton Zier have had this conversation before, and I think when it comes to stuff like that, maybe you shouldn't be running it that close to the edge. I mean, oh, if the rule is 58% max, come on, you racers. should be 58-0 right on the nuts because if something <laughs> like that does happen, then you're screwed. So, Oh, I know you racers, though. You guys love every little advantage and every that's, little I think that's the perception the, of some, but not Every all. area in the rule book you can push. <laughs> What do they say? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. See, this this was a conversation at the PRI show over a couple drinks with Dalton and, and Strelka that we had a, a long debate about. Oh, goodness. And some people have that perception that if you ain't cheating, you aren't trying, and you got to push everything to the edge, but you others know, don't. So. Down at the PRI show, um, I had an interesting group together the night that I was down there. Oh, I think I saw a karaoke video. Oh, uh, well, yeah, a lot of that happened. <laughs> I think I unofficially won the karaoke championship that night, but... <laughs> there wasn't really an official contest. Uh, but we had Zier, the uh, Brooks and Thiel crew, and Bubba Pollard was uh, having a good old time with us. And we were just talking to Bubba about coming up here a little bit more often. And it sounds like he's going to be up here quite a bit this year. He wants to come back to Kakana. He wants to run the Dixieland. He just said he wants to come back to Madison, wants to come back to Lacrosse, Slinger. So, Yeah, there, once they yeah, announced that ten grand to win for the Joe Shear Classic, that was the first name I thought of. He's going to be at Madison. I, I believe so. So if you're a, a fan of watching Bubba Pollard race, it sounds like you're going to get your chance to see him up here quite a bit this year. Yeah. Be cool. Then we've talked about him before on the podcast two years ago. He was at the Slinger Nationals, didn't make the show on time, was in the semi, was frustrated. They figured something out, came back, and won it this year. So it'll probably be the same thing if he comes to Kakana a second what, time, Madison a second time. Yeah, that was kind of what get, he was saying is that he was humbled a little bit at lacrosse was the one that he pointed out. He didn't. He wasn't too happy with what he did at Oktoberfest. He said he's coming back for that one especially. So. Leaves a salty taste in your mouth, so he, yeah. he'll figure it out. But uh, apparently he doesn't like the flat tracks too much. That track's a little too flat for his liking. <laughs> so he won't, he won't come to Marshfield, is that what you're saying, or Wausau? Maybe not. Maybe not. Might not work. Maybe not. And maybe just not one and two at Jefferson, but three and four <laughs> will be all good. But, uh, well, we got a lot of racers around here. So I think what we could do at this time is uh, we're going to start pulling some folks in, find out who's here, who wants to have a little chat with us, and we'll let you know what's going on in their lives. We've, we've talked enough, I think. Yeah, let's do it. Let's snake right. some people in, and maybe we'll learn something here. Yeah. Never know. <laughs> All right, everyone, we are back, and we have our first guest of the evening making a big move up this year, Tara Springstro. How are you? Pretty good. 
So from not only from the quarter mile up to the half mile, but from the Sizzlin' Fours up to the late models. Yep. How excited are you? Ecstatic. <laughs> Cannot wait. Where's the confidence? I want to hear some yeah, confidence. Come on. You, really you've driven the confidence. car. You got to drive the car last year. You got some laps in it. I have a couple. You know you can outdrive your brother. <laughs> so so what are we worried about? Yeah. I would not say I can outdrive Tim. Um, we have not. I can outdrive I him in Tim, my four-cylinder. Tim cylinder. knows I'm just giving him crap. Me and in my four-cylinder, maybe. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like my four-cylinder, but I can outdrive him in my four-cylinder. We know that. That's good. A lot of people say that the, the lower classes are actually harder to drive than the higher classes. Well, it's front wheel to rear wheel. That's what I'm a little nervous about. But, yeah, I jumped in it, and he yelled at me right away. I went too fast. On the first couple laps. <laughs> you went too fast, but you held on to it, right? I held on to it. I didn't so crash it. There's, there's no problem there, then. Yeah. I don't see a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Just a little pride, maybe, on his part. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, tell me, what was the decision in this? How did you decide, okay, it, it's time to make this step? Well, Tim got the super late. Just late models there. I was waiting, pretty much, for my dad to tell me it was mine. And then once he did... He didn't really you're not gonna. You're not gonna turn it you down. You didn't really like have yeah. to think about it, well, did you? Well, <laughs> he wouldn't tell me. Tell me what? Evan Beatty was over helping set valves and everything one day, moving various cars everywhere, and he was all like, "Let's put this four, all these four cylinder crap on for online for sale." That was when I knew he was serious about me moving up. He wouldn't tell me, <laughs> so that's when I knew it. And I think I saw online you were kind of looking for some crew, crew help, and that's yeah. a big part of it, too. So, obviously, you found that. I some found support some. I'm still looking for some, uh, but, help. yeah. So. Did you have crew from the four-cylinder that's moved on to help you um, now? Or? I had one guy, Zach. He was there here and there, and then I have a guy, Lee, who helps me. Zach travels a lot for work in and out of town, so he's going to help when he can. And Lee doesn't know yet. He tra- he's might be working second shift, so... So what about the possibility of pitting next to Tim and kind of using some of his crew guys? Just see um, that from time to time. I'm using his spotter because I like his spotter because he's calm and I'm pretty hot-headed. <laughs> That's always good. Good mix. <laughs> um, balancing act there. I'm not sure about it. I know a lot of his crew, I don't know if they want to work on two cars because they did it this last year, but we'll see. I think you'll find that once you kind of get in the flow of the season, like even me and my brother pit next yep. to each other and we have separate teams. But if Brian's car is in and they need to change tires to go back out and scuff, we're using both crew guys to do both just yeah. to help everybody get out. So even if, you know, Tim gets in a wreck in the heat race, your team's going to be over there helping them vice versa. It's just, it's what you do, you know. Yeah, I have a fellow competitor. He raced with me four-cylinder. He's going to be helping me this year on my crew. I don't think he's racing four-cylinder this year. He'll be helping me. Um, I have my cousin helping me. And my other cousin, he's been helping me on the off-season, but he helps Todd Verhagen. So I'll be parking where Evan Beatty parked because he's no longer a recent late model between Todd Verhagen and my brother. So he's going to try to help me and Todd. So so what's the first step here? I mean, obviously we're waiting for all the snow to melt, and you're going to want to get out there and get some laps practicing. Are, are you ready for maybe a test ahead of time or practice day we got the tundra race that we're gonna have late models there i mean what do you what do you got on the schedule here right now i'm not sure tim thinks he's gonna run my car for the tundra race i'm not very happy about that <laughs> oh tell him it's time to move on he's got a super late that's so guy's gonna try a yeah, double we, duty yeah, that we got super late he wants that day. to but i'm not i don't know um we don't know i i thought about running tundra race 
Mike Meyerhofer is trying to talk me into it, a couple other ones. I don't know. I know a couple, the first couple of weeks I plan on hoping to lay back and not try to be right up there to be nice to the veterans, but I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be a big thing. Uh, it's just getting laps right now, right? I mean, Andy, can you tell us about when you made the jump up from the sport trucks into the late models? Like, how long did it take you to feel comfortable? Yeah, and it's funny you bring that up because I'm looking right across the bar at Marty Nussbaum, <laughs> and he was there that day and watched me spin the car out about six times. <laughs> Um, because yeah we went from sport trucks up to the half mile and we went out in the fall and you know you kind of feel dumb if you spin the car out and we backed it in the wall off a turn two once but if you don't do any of that then you're really not pushing yourself to find your limits either so not that you want to wreck the car every single lap but that's the time and place to do it not when there's seven eight other cars out there in a heat race or something so it, it just takes time, and you the more laps and seat time you can get, and you and I had talked about this at the last meeting or whatever, is you really your goal rookie year of any class should be just to finish, finish all the laps. Regardless laps. of where you finish, if you finish all the laps, you're gaining that experience to bring into year two and beyond. So and nobody learns anything by putting fenders and quarter right. panels on their car um, and not finishing races. So Finish all laps and every goal after that. There you go. Perfect. How are, how are your sponsors taking it? They're all on board. They're all happy. Um, I most I have one back on board for sure. My dad back on board. Um, another big one back on board. I'm waiting to get here back for my other one. He's deciding. I have two new ones for sure. Um, a couple of them back on board, but I have one trying to say I'm too big time for him, but I'm pretty sure he'll be back on board. No, oh, too big time. <laughs> Wow. It's a joke he says to me all the time. <laughs> he told me t- he told Tim <laughs> that when he came on board with me that Tim was too big time for him. So well, we know how you half mile people think, but <laughs> you know we're all just out there having fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I have my race scheme and we put my old sponsors on it, and I sent to him because he's on there, and he's like, "Well, what's that going to cost me?" I'm like, "Oh, just add this much to it." It was like, "You're too big time for me." Just add a couple zeros. <laughs> just add a couple no. zeros. <laughs> Just a couple hundred bucks, not much. I'm not that expensive. <laughs> so we talked about getting all the laps, and that is a good goal to have. If you were to exceed expectations, what would you like to see? A couple top tens, a couple top fives? Hopefully aim for rookie of the year right now. Maybe okay. a couple top tens, but I wanna, like I said, lay back at the beginning of the season. If I get comfortable then, then I'll race her, race her harder. What other rookies? Do you know of any other rookies in your class that you're going to be I racing know, against? I know. I heard Will Timmers is moving up. I talked to his dad. Um, they're not racing street stock. His is for sale. Um, I know Shane Krieger. He bought Evan Beatty's car. I heard from Evan told me Shane and Craig are going to race double uh, team racing. Sure. Okay. Um, that's all I heard. But I heard another one was racing super late for Kempkis, but I'm not sure about that. But I heard that right from him, but I don't want to release that name. Yeah, and I'm trying to think through the history of the limited late model sportsman division, um, how many lady racers we had in there in the past. Ooh. You've had Jesse Van Roy, who's just walked in more. I just, just, more. Yeah. I just um, know Jesse. Becca Caston yeah. won a feature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, yes. I know she raced Big 8 against my brother a couple yeah. years, uh, years ago. When Ashley LaRock. Ashley, yep, Ashley started the same year Tim did. She came and I don't know so. that Regan May ever ran I don't think limited. She, ran limited. she ran the super, super late every once yeah. in a while. But, yeah, I don't know about the late model. No, I never saw her in late model 11 years <laughs> we've been out there. Because yeah. <laughs> I know she did run those for a little while down at Slinger. 
but yeah, because Ashley Rock started the same year Tim started. Okay. Yeah. In 2008, I believe it was, or seven. Yeah. So you could make some history this year. Maybe next year. Oh, well, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, not, let's not push it this year. Maybe the rookie of the year. I don't know if Jesse got rookie of the year. Her and the late model, but we'll have to leave that on Fantastic Dan. He can always seem to find that information. <laughs> yeah, look that up, Dan. Yeah. Go on the archives. Yeah, Fantastic Dan. No, just kidding. Did Jesse get rookie of the year in late model? Jesse Benroy. I'd have to look it up. Driving <laughs> the number eight Lake Park car. Right. Is number right? yellow. Yeah. One. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was a good car. Yeah. Because I know when Tim started late model, there was like eight rookies that year. Yeah, and I think Randy was running the 49 and Jesse was running the eight. Yes. Yeah, there were <laughs> there were quite a few cars out there. There's no question yep. about that. But uh, yeah, Maybe a couple top tens. I know I got a good car. That's what Tim keeps pushing on me, but right. different driving styles. Well, just, just remember this, Tara. <laughs> He's your brother. You love him. Don't make him look bad. <laughs> I don't think I can look a big up look bad. Different driving styles. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for joining us here, and uh, great to have you. We look forward to seeing what happens with you. Best of luck. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, best of luck. All right, that's Tara Springstrow joining us here on the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. Well, we are back with the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast, and Andy, I'm going to let you introduce this guy because you know him. You know him well. Yeah, our next guest here is uh, four-cylinder superstar, oh, Jerry Conrad. Superstar. Oh. The number ten. Why did why'd you pick the number ten anyway? That's bad luck. I I don't want to. Do I don't that. know. I I guess I've been hanging around a little bit with this other guy named Andy Monday and decided hey. I might as well go with number ten. So. How many features did you win last year? Zero. That's why you you can't run number ten. I That's know the problem. So let's try to win some features <laughs> this year, so I can win some features. Now, Jerry, this is uh, his. He did his second full season in the four cylinders. He was kind of part time before then. Yeah. Um, built the Dodge Neon um, with some help from the Beatties and uh, finished tenth in points last year. Correct? Exactly. Yes. I hear those neons are the only way to go. Is that true? They are. They are supposed to be wicked fast. And all I know is that the Beatties car neons are wicked fast. I see them guys coming up in my mirror all the time, going. Holy cow, I wish I could be like them. So It's kind of funny because sometimes even when you look around the country, I went out to the Milk Bowl a couple of years ago, and the fastest cars out there were Dodge Neons too. So I, I've heard that rumor, not just in the area, but in general. Exactly, yep. I've seen dirt tra- on dirt tracks, they're fast, and asphalt, they're fast. So I decided let's go for it and be fast. So if you have a 95 Dodge Neon that you're still driving on the street, Hang on to it a little bit, drive up the value, and sell it to a race car driver because exactly. they want it. They want it. Exactly. So what are your plans for next year, Jerry? I know you you ran the full year at Kakana. You're planning on running full-time again next year? Yep, I'm exa- um, definitely planning on it. And I got Paul Yor. He ran the four-cylinder class last number year. Finished, three? Yeah, yep, he, number three? Number three. He had, three, and the he hammerhead finished, scar. He finished third in points, and he's not racing this year. So we talked at the end of the season, and we went to Oshkosh to race with I raced with him and um, just decided he decided that he wanted to help me out a little bit next year. So, and he said he texted me the other day and said his goal was to get me a trophy next year. So, cool. yeah, so I I'm remember you had, you had a couple wins last year, I believe, heat races, and uh, things definitely improved from year one to year two. What was probably from the driving side of it, I know a car and stuff um, was a little bit different for you, but. Just, just getting out there and doing it every week. I think if you know, in the years past, it was like do it a couple weeks, take some off, 
it was just trying to get into a rhythm out there and find my points on the racetrack of hitting the right marks and you know making sure that I got better every week so and you had mentioned that you and I raced against each other I wouldn't know this because I I barely raced that race by the way it was only like 20 some laps but that was an enduro race one of the ISS enduros and now just tell me what kind of drives you to go from doing the enduro thing which is six eight races a year to wanting to run a full-time deal I honestly think that everybody should race an enduro race before they get into a weekly show because it teaches you so much I mean there's cars that are stopped all over the track and you got to re- I mean you got to definitely think where everybody's crashed and maneuver around and it's a long race 300 laps I mean it's seat time and that definitely prepared me for a weekly show is getting a lot of seat time and then of course just coming to the weekly show that's just more time and more fun right yeah exactly and um i mean i gotta thank the guys all at monday motorsports i've been over helping those guys since 2008 and i've been put up with you for 10 years now exactly yeah yeah i'm surprised they even hung around after (laughs) the 2008 season but uh um no it's just and you know i would do my job on andy's team but then the last few years i've been like asking a lot of questions and you know paying attention because it might not be the same division but you can always learn something from guys that have experience so and they've supported me a lot in my racing you know helping me when i ask them for help and i can't ask for better guys to help get my racing career going so andy let me ask you this question what does he have to do out there as a four-cylinder driver to get seat time in your car? Like, if he beats you at the Enduro, is, is that a bet? Is well, that's funny because that's come up a few times before. We had, a, we had a sponsor show at the Harley-Davidson store one time, and I let Jerry drive the car back to the trailer. It was only, you know, a quarter mile away or something. And I think he snubbed it out about six times before you finally got it going but yep. once you got it going you got it going yeah it was fun and man. then I mean, on the flip fun, side jerry's let me drive his car but we, we won't talk about <laughs> how that ended because are you sure you don't in, want to talk in, about in that? the double o race at the enduro i might have oh no destroyed it so yeah i i mean i raced 300 laps and i had maybe a scratch on the car and, <laughs> and i'm like hey you want to do the double uh, the double o race and he's like sure and i mean the first lap it's like he's passing like five six cars on the front straightaway and all of a sudden piles right in, two guys oh, get no. into it in front of him and he piles right into it and pretty much destroys the car and uh i'm like dude you would have like kicked butt in that race if you would have just been patient but that's andy you know so how long ago yeah. was this oh man this had to be about four years ago okay so, so the brought- schweizer should have known better than to let you go into the pt Cruiser. yeah I, I agree yeah, they, the Schweitzers were on uh, Facebook talking about what Andy did, you know, their car, and I was like, that's nothing, dude. I mean, what he did to my car, but it was all in good fun. Andy no. Monday, four-cylinder destroyer. Just yeah. remember it, folks. Just just uh, don't let me drive your car. To be I'll fair, be okay I, I drive too. my own car. So. Yep. But, no, Jerry's he's doing the right things. He's, he's doing a good job on the quarter mile and um, completing the laps. It was cool to see you get those wins last year, you know, and, you know, hold your line and, things we've talked about too is using the whole track when you can and you know it's tough on the quarter mile to run that outside groove it's it's not like on the half mile with the supers that we're picking the outside lane on the restart sometimes you get hung out there and you can't get back down 
Exactly, um, and it, that kind of leads into a funny story about the line to take. Andy's got a big dry erase board in the shop, and he brings it out, and he's like, Jerry, come over here. <laughs> and he goes, when you race, when you do this line right here, you're fast. You're fast as anybody out there. But when you dry this line, he goes, you're not fast. He goes, you lose <laughs> your speed. And so it was kind of cool to actually get some driving tips from so you, you got a super the coach. late model champion. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's not uh, it's nothing that you would realize necessarily while you're driving the car because you're out there racing, guys are coming up, you're trying to protect the inside, you're crowding the inside groove, and just with how much um, you're strapped for horsepower in the fourth zone division, any it's all about carrying the momentum and keeping that going. And you know, as you continue to grow in that division, I think you continue to get better and understand that. So. Definitely. I mean, if yeah, if you take the wrong groove and you scrub off speed in the corner, those guys that are doing it the right groove, they're going to kick your butt every time. So, so who are the cars that beat next year in the four-cylinder class? If you were to say, Aside from the right car. now, um, we're going to put $100 and I'll pick a car, who would you pick for four-cylinder champion next year? I mean, you got to put Dan Thompson at the top. I mean champion he's always fast and mike klein he comes out there he's always fast um what would you think if if brody rovest raced every week that would be tough he's really really fast that would i I know he's talking about maybe switching over and racing next year full-time so but yeah he's a great driver and his cars are always fast so should be a fun group i mean you you have rick glazer who was really good this year heather wolfgram who was really good uh for a lot of the year as well can't rule out the babies yeah you can't rule out the babies which ones of those guys are going to show up so it should be a very entertaining group and then you never know sometimes with the four cylinders especially the entry level classes Someone just comes out of nowhere every once in a while and just, who is that? Yep, exactly. You don't know, but they're fast, and, yeah, they always make you become, you know, to work harder to be faster. So that's always good. Bob Voigt told me he's completely reskinning the PT Cruiser putting all new panels on that. So the PT Cruiser is going to have a clean, clean, fresh look. So Coming into 2018. Already, so it should be all ready for you to wreck it in the yeah, Enduro I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Matt's got to drive it yet. I, already drove it. I do, so don't be kind to it so I at least get a shot at it, right? There you go. That would be cool to see you back in a, a race. All right, so we asked Tara this question. What is your goal for 2018? What does Jerry Conrad want to see out of his race team? My goal is to win. I would definitely like to win a feature for sure. And multiple heat races and finish in the top five in points. That would be, if I did accomplish that, I'd be very happy. Sounds like a pretty solid season to me. Yep. Yep, definitely achievable goals and, you know, um, keep working on the car and keep keep your nose clean. And, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think you're right on the track there, so. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right, you bet. That's Jerry Conrad, driver of the number 10 four-cylinder. Be watching out for him at the front of the field this year. Well, we are back on the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast with the owner of the X-Bar, who is welcoming us here. And as you guys can probably hear, the party is jumping here at the X-Bar. Craig Krieger, first off, thanks for having us, and thanks for being part of the podcast. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, getting this party together here. I know we've done the Beat the Winter Blues party before, and this is kind of picking up where that left off. 
Yeah, I don't know. Ever since I opened, it's just kind of middle of the season or end of the season, before the season, get people together, get everybody excited about racing. All in one place, I guess. Yeah. How long have you owned this place now? Uh, just about six years. Okay. Wow. Yeah, because you just had what? Uh, you had a party here a couple of weeks ago or a couple uh, months ago? October, I had my five-year anniversary. Nice. Yeah, good stuff. So you're going to be a busy guy this year. Or the family's going to be busy. Lots of racing going on, obviously, with the figure eights, but a couple of other things happening in the Krieger campus here, too. Yeah, my son's going to try out the sports trucks this year, and then uh, I'm going to try doing a team driving with my cousin Shane and the late models, see how that goes, I guess. That should be fun. Now, just remember, all left turns. You don't have to do any, any right <laughs> turns at all. Yeah, Kyle uh, told me that two years ago I ran a truck for him, and he kept giving me crap to make sure I uh, went straight coming out of four. <laughs> so what do you think? What are you looking forward to the most uh, getting on the in the late model team driving? You've made laps up there before, I assume? Nope. Actually, the None? only time I've ever been up there was in a double O race. Okay. But should be interesting, something different. I got, ninth, well, it would be my 20th season stuck in the figure eight class, so... Try something different for once. And this is a car you guys got from the Beatties yep. that, that uh, Evan ran yep. last year, um, the seven cars. So we've seen that in the dash and stuff before. So that's uh, is that a left-hander? I believe so, yeah. I actually okay. haven't really got to look at it too much. Shane's got it at his house and just kind of deal just worked out here recently. You know, we've seen a couple guys make the move up from figure eights. The most notable one I can think about is Nate Van Wyken, but... Uh, there have been a couple others. Jared Boffman was kind of in and out of the class a little bit this year. Uh, so what's what's sort of going through your guys' minds as far as making that jump from the figure eights to, to the late models? That's a little nerve-wracking, but we kind of thought if we're going to move up rather than go to street stock, might as well go to the half mile. Uh, kind of street stocks, there's not too, too much competition. You know, out there are not many cars left, so at least go up to the half mile and have fun with it, I guess. Are you kind of talking to some of the more veteran late model type guys to see exactly what they're doing or what kind of advice they might have for you? Uh, a few. Shane's kind of been dealing with everything. You know, like I said, he just kind of taught me into it here a month ago, so I'm kind of just working into it. I don't know too much about nothing going on. I know a guy that used to be pretty good in late models over to my left here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe we can, maybe we can chat. <laughs> it's been a few years since I've been in that class, but working with Brian a little bit. Um, there's some differences, obviously, between the supers and the late models. But, um, no, I think with, with your driving experience, I mean, you have enough laps in, of racing just in general. I think uh, you'll be able to pick it up pretty quick. Yeah, I hope so anyways. <laughs> I know it's going to cost a little bit more if you wrecked than it does in a figure eight car, that's for sure. But it costs the same if you don't wreck. Well, aside from tires and all that <laughs> stuff, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that almighty tire bill. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be the funny part for you. Um, so aside from that, what you guys are doing, now you get to be a truck owner too? Get to get to kind of watch, watch um, from the sidelines a little bit? Yeah, kind of. As of right now, Jerry Quellas still owns the truck, but he's letting uh, my son Riley run it and uh, go from there, see how that works, maybe buy it from him if the kid likes it. And how old is Riley? Uh, 15. He's going to be 16 okay. in August. And the trucks, you guys planning on doing some traveling? Because I know they race at Norway every other week. Plus um, they have a traveling series. I think what we got planned on that is he's going to run the Kakana tracks and I'm going to run the away tracks in it just because I had fun in it the last time I was in it. So, uh, Did you get him a good mouth guard? No, but 
it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, those are going to be uh, rather bumpy from what I understand. They are actually. Like I said, I ran two years ago. Jerry had me run one, and it, it's way bumpier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see those trucks coming out of turn four, and they're pointed toward the wall, and then suddenly they're pointed straight, So, or vice versa. Yeah, Kakana's a great track for the trucks to run on the quarter mile there, but like Craig alluded to, you know, doing the traveling series, that's a lot of fun. You get to get on some third-mile tracks and open it up a little bit more, some tracks that are maybe a little bit uh, smoother. And, you know, there's a lot of tracks. When I ran the sport trucks, you didn't even have to use the brakes a whole lot. You kind of just lifted say, it up back into it. There's probably a few that you go wide open. Maybe Plover, the Dells, would you be able Slinger to do when they're down Slinger, there. Yeah. Lake Geneva back in the day was another good one. You know, I always kind of wanted to see what would happen if we put the sport trucks on the half mile at Kakana. Still a dream of mine. I don't know. What do you think would happen there? Would they make it? Can you say 40-second lap times? That Still would be, be pretty hard on the engines for them to be that open that long. Um, they would have to definitely jet up a lot more. You know, Marshfield might not be a bad place because it's mostly turn. Marshfield might not be a bad place, but yeah, maybe. Okay, I'm just spit. I'm just spitballing maybe, here. Maybe, yeah. It'd be just hard on equipment in general. What do you think, Craig? I don't know. I haven't been to too many tracks, actually. That's why I wanted to try the traveling series with it because Riley's only at my house every other week, so... Figured it'd work out better for me to go and try that. One thing we always talked about back in the day with the trucks was getting them on dirt. So okay. could you see them go to like Gravity Park and run? Sure. Put the trucks out there on that. You know where, where it would be really neat is like some of those inside smaller tracks, like the Chili Bowl and the little tracks that they run. I think that would be Throw pretty some, cool. Yeah. Obviously, that's very far but away. Those but those running snowmobile engines, uh, air cleaners and clutches get pretty dirty when you're running on that crap. So you think they throw it off enough chains when trucks break now on mm. the quarter mile. That might be a little rough when you hit some ruts and stuff. Now, how much work have you guys had to do to this truck, or is it just ready to go? Uh, we haven't had too much to do. It was pretty much race ready when uh, we got it from Jerry. We've had, well, had enough motor problems. The tail of the season, we had them out practicing a little bit, and it's kind of rough going, rough starting. But other than that, it's pretty much complete. I guess I got to say I'm pretty amazed by just what Andy's told me over the past couple of years and what I've learned from a few of the other truck guys as far as what actually goes into the engines on these things because I think I was always under the impression that you just go get an old snowmobile engine as is, you toss it in and you go, but that's obviously not the case. No, no, I was actually quite impressed on how, how much technology there is in them things once I started looking at one. Yeah, anything from porting of the cylinders to the clutching with uh, different springs and helixes, I mean, you can get pretty carried away. And even if you're a diehard race person that knows how to set up a truck to get it to go around the corner, you kind of still need somebody in your corner who's a snowmobile expert that maybe knows nothing about circle track racing that can help you with your motors and your clutching because that's a big part of it. Yeah, they're definitely uh, nothing really like what I've been used to working on, so it's going to be a whole new learning curve for me myself. It's good to have Jerry and Kyle kind of in your back pocket because they kind of got that figured out. Uh, who are some of the other contenders in the trucks this year? Do you know of any? I know we've always talked about Brett Van Horn's been kind of on the fence about leaving every year. You have Kyle Quella. There's a lot of good trucks out there. Do you kind of know what the field's going to look like this year? Um, I don't really know too many of the guys other than just helping, you know, Kyle out. I know the Plutzes and stuff he gets along with, and uh, Kylie Vandermoss was running pretty good. 
But other than that, I really don't know the field too much. I know my son gets along with uh, um, Ross. I don't even know what his last name is, but them two have been talking quite a bit. He just started last year too. So, What about the figure eight field? What's that looking like this year? Uh, I think we should have pretty much the same guys back as last year, maybe a couple more cars. I know uh, I'm planning on bringing two, possibly three cars out now that the rules kind of stayed the same. So clean my yard up a little bit, put some people in the cars sitting around. There you go, Andy. He's got extra cars. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Better talk to my mom about that. She's always kind of Ooh. put the kibosh on, on uh me or my brother running the figure eights, but maybe we could twist her arm. Yeah, either that or you could send her on a nice vacation for a week and she wouldn't ever have to know about it. Send her down to Aruba or something some Thursday. Yeah, there you and go. And maybe there might just be some camera troubles that week for the figure eight. <laughs> and and no the standings might be omitted. And nobody posts anything on Facebook. Oh, no, wait, everybody yeah, good luck posts with that one. Yeah, right. We've got no. the king of Facebook over here, so I can't promise that one. <laughs> Speaking of uh, figure eights, some of our listeners might want to know just uh, with how the season and stuff ended last year, um, what kind of things got talked about in the off season for your class? Obviously, I know you guys as a group didn't want to make some knee-jerk quick reaction and reinvent the wheel, but uh, what are some things that have been discussed in the off season for your class? Um, basically, I think about what we discussed about that I think are going to be changes is we're shortening up some bay bars, getting them a little bit further back towards the motor and giving uh, the bumpers a little bit of a crush point, making them fold rather than everything being solid because most of the cars are pretty much tied into everything nowadays. So basically that was about it. And uh, I think some guys might start wearing the Hans devices and stuff in there, but it, it's kind of a discretion only now. But, uh, and there's been a little this talk about maybe putting a restrictor plate in, but nothing's really set in stone on as far as the rule changes, but I don't think much is going to change. I know one thing uh, Craig Vanderwettering, when we had him on the podcast, was talking with uh, the uh, dirt pile that guards the flag man and how that obstructs some views. So was there any discussion about knocking that out or keeping that in? There was a little bit. Uh, Danny was here during our meeting on Monday, and... Uh, he said that he's kind of got to keep that protected because it's the main power pole of the whole track. So I think what he was going to do is try to put a not quite so tall and a smaller wood barrier around it and see if that does anything. But there again, it's nothing set in stone yet. And obviously Danny's a former figurator himself, so he kind of knows what you guys are looking at there right. too. They, uh, a couple years ago it got worse because they stacked a couple blocks up next to that which so even getting rid of the blocks would help out a lot all right well what's going on at the x-bar here i'm looking at your your specials you got a lot of stuff going on we gotta do the podcast on wednesday yeah we again. do have to we should come back here on a wednesday free pizza and darts i'm kind of looking at dan here who's celebrating his birthday tomorrow did we mention that we've talked about it a lot off mic i don't think we said anything yet no happy, so, birthday, happy birthday tomorrow dan. dan it's a sunday tomorrow we're we're here recording on a saturday Happy hour and free pool all day. I think that'd be a great way to spend a birthday. Well, that wouldn't be a bad way to do it. I was also kind of looking at, uh, you know, I like playing darts more than pool, so Wednesday would be a better day for me to come in, but <laughs> happy hour and free pool. You know, in a, in a few years, your birthday will be on a Wednesday. Somewhere along the you way, know, yeah. Depends when that whole leap year thing comes in. I, I don't always pay attention to that. But. And this is a disclaimer. So with it being Dan's birthday tomorrow and we're having the party tonight, there might be a slight delay of getting this actually uploaded. So we are yeah. recording 
on Saturday, February 9th. And we're so, February 9th, excuse me, it's February 10th, 10th today. Oh, sorry, I tried to jump in. started day. a little early, clearly. <laughs> we're getting dangerously close to that so, February 14th day, and he's probably going to be busy that's, that day. That's too. free pizza and darts day. Yeah. So after you've that's recovered, this should be uploaded special, by, by the spring opener. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Perfect. Just remember, we have that Tundra Race May 12th, so it'd be nice if you kind of got that up before then. Uh, maybe. We'll <laughs> see. We'll work on it. I'll work on it. But anyway, before we started rambling on, what else is going on here at the X-Bar? As far as just our race party here tonight, and I don't know, we always got different specials going on, leagues, pool tournaments a lot on the weekends, and one that's not on the board we have uh, from 8 to close is uh, all you can drink, $12 tap and rail on Thursday nights also. Perfect. That's a great thing to do after the races, right? Yep, that'll be a... You guys do anything special for Daytona or any of the NASCAR races throughout the season? Yeah, we're going to try. Uh, we always try to have a potluck, you know, bring in some food, smorgasbord type deal. Uh, I think this year we're going to try something with a uh, um, paddle wheel, spinning a wheel and having paddles. And if you got that number, you drink for free till the next caution from caution to caution. Try something different. Man, you, fun. yeah, you wouldn't want to do that during the Arca race, so <laughs> you wouldn't you drink wouldn't get, for fury free during yeah, the one-hour red flag. Well, that would be good, but if you're going from caution to caution, <laughs> usually it uh, doesn't last too long. Yeah. But anyway, Craig, thanks again for having us. Thanks for having the party, and uh, look forward to everything the Krieger camp's got going on this year. Sounds like you guys are going to be busy, and wish you the best of luck. Yeah, hopefully it's a good year. All right. Well, we want to thank our guests, Tara Springstrow, Jerry Conrad, Craig Krieger, for coming on out. A lot of interesting happenings going on, huh, Andy? Yeah, and that's the cool thing about these uh, kind of winter blue off-season parties is uh, you get to see a lot of not only drivers but crew members and stuff that you haven't seen maybe since last September and figure out what everybody's doing, whether it's switching motor builders, building a new car, working with a different team, um, and everybody's just enjoying each other and since we started the podcast, I want to say we are slowly getting closed in on here where they're running out of room, yeah, yep. amount of people in here. It's so a good thing, though. As the night goes on, this place is getting busier and busier, so it's looking to be a fun night for sure. I think so. Uh, and like we said, Dan, happy birthday to you tomorrow. It's going to be a good Thank day you. for you. Uh, we were just kind of discussing here before we started recording our outro that we'll probably be back with you folks sometime around the middle of March. I know there's not a lot going on. Maybe we'll hear a little bit more rumors. What will be going on, though, is, Andy, I don't know if you've seen this, but that online racing school seminar is coming to town. I'm kind of involved in that a little bit, uh, March 9th and 10th down at the Dells, and that's going to have Bob Bolas, Bubba Gale, uh, Keith Montgomery, or excuse me, Kevin Montgomery, and Toby Noodleman. They're all going to be there spewing out all of their knowledge on race car drivers. Uh, so if you hear it in time, you want to sign up, come on down, join us in the Dells for two days full of learning. Should be pretty interesting. And Andy, I know, like you said, it's uh, maybe not necessarily this particular thing, but learning is a very important thing for you. Yeah, absolutely. And anytime um, you get uh, the knowledge base of, of uh, people you have involved there with Bob and Bubba, you know, I've listened to Bubba speak several times, obviously Toby with the success he's had with Ty and Steve Carlson over the years. Um, you're going to take away some key learnings that you're going to be able to put towards your program this year. And if you're a car that's, you know, running towards the front, but you need that little bit extra to kind of get in the dash every week or start winning some features, that's that's the kind of stuff that uh, 
you go to that, you pick up some learnings, and you apply it to your program. So yeah. I, I think that is going to be very well attended for sure. I've been talking about Bolas, and he's pretty much ready to spill everything he's got. So uh, if you guys uh, had followed along with Bob doing his chassis RD stuff or what he was riding in circle track and you want to go there and pick his brain, another thing is these guys are going to stick around and answer questions too. So it's not just going to be lecture, lecture, lecture. You're going to have a chance to – talk to Toby Noodleman and ask him some questions and I don't know I, th- I think some people probably have some questions for him I know I do I don't yeah. even know what to ask but anybody anytime you can tap the brain of someone with that knowledge and specifically like say you're running Kakana weekly um, a track that they've been successful at with Ty you could tell him what kind of car you had what you're running and um, he's probably going to give you some pointers of some things you should try or pick up so it's not just I'm sure it's not going to be talking just in maybe general talk like you see at the PRI show in some seminars because there you have racers all over the country from all these different tracks. This is going to be more specific to our yeah. local tracks and how it applies to super late models, late models specifically. So I I, I think that's going to be huge. Are you coming down? Yeah, I get comped for that, like through the podcast. Even I don't. We're provided. <laughs> Even I don't. Can someone record Facebook Live and then I'll just watch? <laughs> Or is that prohibited? Are you going to have signs up? I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to be walking around stealing cell phones. But if anybody wants to find out more. We'll try to make it for sure. If anybody wants to find out more information, we got a link on our Tundra Super Late's website. Or you can just message me personally. You know, just find me on Facebook, Matt Panier, and I'll let you know what's going on. But uh, I hope to see a lot of smiling faces down there because not only is it, you know, going to be a good time to be down there. And it's always just nice to get together in the middle of winter and talk to each other. and. The Dells can be kind of a fun place, too, to come for a weekend. So. Absolutely. But uh, I guess we could probably recap that a little bit, too, next time we talk and just sort of talk about what went down there. But with that, I think it's time to end this edition. Are we on 14 or 15 now, Dan? 14, I think. Okay. Sounds about right. 14. 14. I'll wow. give one last shout-out to a podcast listener and longtime Fox River Racing Club member, Dave Moderson. And his Philadelphia Eagles, How's who going, won Dave? the Super Bowl. Oh, he must have been He's a, happy a big guy. Eagles fan, so he I messaged him right guy. after, and um, he was pretty pumped up. So it was cool to see those Eagle fans uh, get their Super Bowl win. You know what was cooler? And I don't want to disrespect Dave, but watching them tear down the city right away afterward, I knew <laughs> it was coming. I knew it was coming. It was kind of fun to watch. Yes, the rioting ensued. All right. Well, don't forget, if you want more information on the Fox River Race Club, everything that's happening, you find it on Facebook, Fox River Racing Club, frcracing.net is the website. By the way, that's about to get a whole brand-new facelift as well, so you'll be looking out for that in the next couple of weeks. I got a sneak preview of that. Tom sent that over this yeah. week for a little preview proofread, and very impressive. So once yeah. that's up and running, I think uh, everybody's going to be pretty impressed with how that uh, format looks. And um, we're also trying to roll in all the old archives from the old site with the point standings going back to 1975 and Beautiful. all that kind of stuff, um, getting that all incorporated in there. So I, I heard the announcer really likes that kind of stuff in case he wants to look back because his memory <laughs> isn't quite what it used to be. So <laughs> That's very helpful. Sometimes that's very helpful information. But uh, All right, Andy, thank you. Dan, thank you. And everybody listening, thanks to you as well. And we'll catch you next time. Until then, please stay out of trouble. <laughs>